friends, seeking the light of God's Spirit on his own word, we turn again to that twelfth chapter of Hebrews that we read together, the twelfth chapter of Hebrews, and we're going to read just now at verse 26. We'll read from verse 26. <clears throat> Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. This is a remarkable epistle. All of the epistles are remarkable, but there's something particularly outstanding about this epistle to the Hebrews. It was written, of course, by the apostle, and we we believe it was the Apostle Paul. Two Jewish believers who had embraced Christ Jesus as their Savior. Their lot was not an easy one. They were faced with many pressures, the ordinary pressures that beset believers everywhere in every age. But there were also pressures that were quite unique. To their own situation. And this epistle is gloriously suited to encourage and help them in the midst of these difficulties. Each chapter is a great deep. From the glorious revelations of chapter 1 all the way to the striking encouragements of chapter 13. And this 12th chapter follows on in a very orderly way, of course, from chapter 11, where he has demonstrated the nature of true saving faith in the lives of many of these Old Testament believers. And now in chapter 12, he is encouraging them once more to press on in the faith no matter what, we are to lay aside, verse 1, every weight and the sin that so easily besets us, looking, yes, to the cloud of witnesses that he has already catalogued, but looking particularly to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And here in the closing verses of the chapter and in our text, the apostle is doing essentially the same thing, encouraging them in the light of difficulties then present and difficulties that were shortly to come to press on in the faith. Now, as we come to the verses, I want us to notice that Paul is doing three things here. First of all, he makes a prediction Secondly, he shares a proclamation. And thirdly, he gives 
a precaution. A prediction, a proclamation, and a precaution. First of all, we notice that Paul makes a prediction. We see that in verse 26 and 27, particularly, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. This word, yet once more, signifies the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Paul is making a prediction here about something that was going to happen a few years after he wrote these words. In verse 26, he speaks of God's voice. And he says there was a time when God's voice shook the earth, whose voice then shook the earth. What's that a reference to? What is the then in verse 26 that he's talking about? Well, we only have to work our way a little up the chapter to discover what that then was. He's thinking there of God's voice speaking loudly at Sinai on that wonderful occasion when the Lord in a very special way met with Israel, met with Moses and gave his people the law. It's there in verse 19, the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken unto them any more. It was an extraordinary event. And if we had a time, we would have read of it there in the book of Exodus. As they shook, we're told that, hey, verse 20, they are, they, are, they are frightened, they are shaking. Even verse 21, even Moses is shaken by this visitation of God. The voice of God shook the earth at Sinai. And then, he says, that voice is going to speak again. There's going to be another occasion, another dramatic, notable occasion when the voice of God is going to be heard and certain things are going to happen. So Paul is making a prediction whose voice then, in those past days, shook the earth. But now, he says, he has promised, saying, once more. I will shake the earth. So what exactly is this prediction? We know what the, the then is talking about. It's talking about Sinai. But what's this future event that he's referring to here? What's Paul's prediction based on? Well, it was based on Old Testament prophecy and Old Testament promise. He's quoting here from the book of Haggai, chapter 2 and verse 26. And there Haggai is speaking about the great changes that would come with Christ's birth, his crucifixion, his resurrection. Much that had been up till then stable and unchanged for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years was going to be shaken and removed. And that shaking, that removal, would affect in a very personal way this particular constituency 
that he was writing to here, these Hebrew Christians, because it had a special reference to them. The Lord who spoke and the earth shook at Sinai is going to speak again. And we're told that specifically two things are going to get us shaking. Verse 26. Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. Earth and heaven are going to shake. What does that mean? And, and what does it have to do with the coming of Christ? Well, you remember towards the end of the Lord's ministry in this world, he began to speak more and more about the end of the city of Jerusalem and of the Jewish state as it was then constituted. The disciples are admiring the temple. Oh yes, he says, it's, it's, it's wonderful. But not one of these stones will be left one on top of another. All of this is going to come down, and so it did. And it didn't have long to wait. You know very well yourselves that the Romans sacked Jerusalem and the people were scattered and much suffering and death came as a result of it. And these Jewish believers that he's writing to here, their kith and kin were going to be caught up in all of this. Things aren't going to keep going, he's saying, just the way they are. Earth is going to be shaken and removed. That's a reference to their temporal worldly possessions, their, their earth, their land, their world, their all. The Romans are going to come. The mighty eagle will swoop down. And the settled state of the Jewish state will be shaken and removed. All that it contained, all that was possessed in it, it's going to be shaken to its very core. The political system that prevailed in the land was going to be removed. The political leaders that operated were going to be removed. And so it was. The whole thing was dismantled. Not very long after he wrote these words. But what about heaven? Verse 26. Not yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. Well, we believe that's a reference to the church in Israel. If the earth refers to temporal matters and the political system and the leadership and the outward structures of ordinary life, the reference to what is heavenly refers to what was spiritual, their spiritual privileges, their spiritual practices. That too was going to be removed. Now, that was unthinkable for them, of course. But they should remember it had happened before. At the exile all these years before, their national infrastructure had been dismantled and their spiritual infrastructure had been dismantled. 
And the Lord is saying, Paul is saying, it's going to happen again. God's voice is going to speak. And it's not going to be a still, small voice. It's going to be a loud voice. It's going to be a mighty voice. Because he is coming in judgment on those who rejected his Messiah. So not only was their national life and their national infrastructure going to be taken away, but also the Jewish church, the temple was going to go. And it went. The priesthood and all the practices that they were engaged in day by day. That was going to be taken away. Paul is predicting that the whole of national life is going to be shaken to the very dust. So that these Jewish believers who were constantly under pressure to go back to these old practices. Paul is saying, these things are about to be shaken. These things are going to be removed. Don't hanker after these things. Because these things won't be there for very long. Paul makes a prediction. And you know, there's lots that's been shaken and removed in our own lives. The last few years, we saw a massive national and international emergency. We saw life as it was familiar coming to a stop. We saw things being shaken and removed that we thought were unshakable and impossible to remove. We saw national life and international life come to a standstill. We saw churches closed for months and months and months. We thought these things were immovable. If Jewish life was shaken in AD 70, so our lives have been shaken. And we're still feeling the effects of it. And who knows? Who knows what lies ahead? Even economically. The ripple effect of the last few years. Who knows where it'll stop? Who knows what it'll reach? There are things being shaken right now that seemed unshakable. Things being removed that seemed irremovable. See, God is showing us He has demonstrated to us that he can shake the earth. The Jews of Paul's day thought Jerusalem was impossible to shake. Such was their arrogance. And the Lord demonstrated to them. Something like that. How swiftly he can bring things down. How swiftly he can bring things to a halt. He can shake society. He can shake his church. He can remove candlesticks if he so wishes. 
and there may be a great deal more shaking needed before church and state comes to the place where it should be before God. We had a shaking, and we're still feeling the effects of it. Who knows what the next shaking will be? Well, Paul makes a prediction. But then secondly, Paul shares a proclamation. How alarming this must have seemed for these Jewish believers. They were outside of the Jewish practices, of course. But they had many friends and relatives and family who were still involved in these things. And certainly they weren't outside of Jewish national life. And here's the apostle and he's going to the Old Testament scriptures. He's finding this prophecy in Haggai. And he's saying the Lord is going to shake. He's going to shake the earth. He's going to shake the heavens. Your lives temporal and spiritual if we can make that distinction they're going to get a shaking they must have said this is appalling news this is terrible they must have wondered are we going to go down with all the rest what's going to happen to us when this shaking comes Well, that's where verse 27 comes in. Because in verse 27, Paul says, there are other things that can't be shaken and that can't be removed. Verse 27, this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may Remain. Paul here is sharing this solemn proclamation of God that no matter what shaking occurs, there are some things that really are unshakable. There are some things that really are irremovable. Christ. His kingdom. And those who are in his kingdom. The apostle is saying. They are unshakable. No matter what else is shaken. No matter what else is removed. On this rock I build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So Paul is saying to these Jewish Christians. As you see the old Jewish state dismantled. As you see the nation collapsing and being removed. As you see the temple and its worship coming to an end. Don't be afraid. As Christians, you belong to another kingdom. As Christians, you have a security that no one else has. You are part of what? cannot be removed. This kingdom of God, that wasn't shaken and removed in AD 70. 
And it hasn't been shaken and removed since, and it won't be till the end of time. This kingdom of God, this spiritual kingdom, made up of all God's people who are saved by grace, and their king, their souls are under his hand and under his government. Now we live, of course, not only in days when the world has seen a shaking, but in days when the world is very frightened. It's a very frightened world we live in. People are scared. Young people are terrified. They're terrified of climate change. Worried that the world is going to hurtling to an end. And you see some of them speaking and being interviewed, and they're they're distraught. The Christian looks at all these things in a very different way. And we say there are some things that can be shaken and removed. But we know that there are some things that cannot be removed. They would see the government as they knew it gone. Its authority, gone. Its power, gone. But Paul is saying, friends, he says, your king is not gone. They may remove the powers that be in Jerusalem, and they will, but they will never remove your king. And if you are under his kingship and in his kingdom, you are in an unshakable kingdom. Your king is as solid and strong and secure as ever he was. You will see the priesthood in the temple at Jerusalem and it will be dismantled and taken down. Paul is saying, your great high priest, he can't be removed. He will continue to plead on your behalf. Ah, your king will still be there, subduing you to himself, ruling and defending us, restraining and conquering all his and our enemies. And your great high priest, he will still be at work. You'll see your synagogues closed and the people scattered and there was fearful bloodshed and violence in these days. You'll see your religious teachers removed. And the people won't know what to say or what to believe. But friends, he says, your prophet, your teacher, he can't be shaken and he can't be removed. He will continue to teach you by his word and spirit the will of God for your salvation. There are things that will be removed, but there are things that won't be. Do not be swept away in the panic. It's only the outward and the temporal that's going.
And you know, Christian, even if everything else comes down, if you are in Christ, you are in the words of verse 27, uh, verse 28 rather, receiving a kingdom that cannot be moved. And when the world out there says, what's going to happen to us? And what's going to happen to me? And I'm frightened. You come to them with the gospel of God's redeeming grace. And you say there are things that can't be removed. And there is a kingdom that cannot be removed. And will never be dismantled. And will never come down. And you tell the world out there that yet there is room in this kingdom of grace and in all its glorious security for the whomsoever will. We're going to sing later in Psalm 46. Though hills amidst the seas be cast, though waters roaring make and troubled be, God is our refuge and our strength. God in the midst of her doth dwell. <coughs> Nothing shall her remove. Nothing shall her remove. Our oh, child of God, you have a security that nobody else has and you have a gospel message of hope to bring to this lost world. even as it's shaken and frightened. My mind is going to that poem by, by Lachlan Mackenzie. I, I wish I'd looked it up. The Christian's firm bank. He speaks of the security the child of God has. Should all the banks in Britain break, the Bank of England smash. Bring all your notes to Zion's bank. You'll surely have your cash. Then he goes on to speak about the rich young ruler. There was a rich young man. There was a certain young man. I can't just get, quite get the words now. Whose, whose riches did abound. But in the banker's book of grace, his name was never found. But see the wretched dying thief hang by the banker's side. He cried, dear Lord, remember me. He got his blessing and died. I have a never-failing bank, a more than earthly store. I wish I could remember the rest. But anyway, you can look it up for yourselves. So Paul is, is making a prediction. He's using his Old Testament and he's saying the earth and the heavens are going to be shaken. Palestine as we know it is going to come crashing down. But he's sharing a proclamation. He's saying there are some things that won't be removed. We are in a kingdom that is unshakable. <coughs> so he's giving this prediction. He's giving this proclamation. Thirdly, he gives a precaution. Several, in fact. First of all, he says, don't ignore God's voice. You'll find this in verse 25. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. 
Don't refuse to listen to his voice, he said. Don't refuse to obey. He must be listened to. And he goes on to speak of those who refused to listen to God's voice before. They didn't escape. They heard his voice. They heard his law in these Old Testament times. And how shall we escape, as he says in chapter 2, if we neglect so great salvation? As he speaks to the world, Peter and Paul is saying the Lord's going to speak loudly to the Jewish people. He's going to bring an end to all that they hold dear. When God's voice speaks, he says, I implore you, do not ignore it. And when he speaks to us through his word, when he speaks to us through COVID-19, when he speaks to us through the financial and international uncertainties of this moment, ask yourself what he's saying to you. What he's saying to his church. Is he calling you to himself after, after too long ignoring and avoiding him? Is he encouraging you and establishing you? Oh, don't ignore God's voice. Ask for grace to, to hear what God the Lord will speak. To understand the times. And what the Lord is saying. Don't ignore God's voice. Don't bypass God's grace. You see the reference in verse 28 to God's grace. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably. In other words, don't try to do it by yourself. You need the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. The number of people who said to me during COVID, I'm going to be different when all this is over. I'm really seriously thinking about spiritual things and it's going to be different if all this is over. They're no different. It's all over. <coughs> to some extent, anyway. They're no different. People who said to me they were going to come to church, if the church ever opens, I'll be there. I'm still waiting for them. They were going to do it in their own strength, you see. To a measure, they understood the voice of God. They said, well, this is the Lord, you know. This is extraordinary, and I'm going to change. Can the leopard change his spots? Any real, lasting, spiritual change needs more than a coronavirus. It needs the Holy Spirit. And it'll need more than a financial shaking. And even, a, even supposing a financial collapse came. And supposing we were reduced to penury. Oh friend, don't try to do it by yourself. Don't ignore God's voice. But don't, don't, don't bypass God's grace. Let us have grace so that we may serve God acceptably. 
because without grace you never will. Don't ignore God's voice. Don't bypass God's grace. Thirdly, don't forsake God's way. As things are shaken, he says, there will be chaos. Do not wander from the ways of God. Back to verse 28. Wherefore we, receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. In other words, do your duty. By grace, do your duty. And when everything else is being shaken, he says, when other things are being removed, you witness to the grace of God, to your Jewish friends and relatives, as they see everything going, you tell them about the kingdom that cannot be moved, and the king who reigns immortal still, and the great high priest, in all his glorious perfection. You tell them about these things, and you walk in the ways of God. Do not forsake it. Well, things are being shaken. And there's a greater shaking yet to come, you know. When the things, the temporary things of this world will be removed. All of them will be removed. And then the things that cannot be removed will be all that will be left. Everything else will go. And all that will be left will be the kingdom of verse 28 that can't be removed. It will stand forever. Are you ready for that day when everything else will go? For too many of the Jews of that generation they weren't. All they had was the outward structure. The temple, national life, all of it good in its own way. But when it was gone, they had nothing. Absolutely nothing. But those who were in this kingdom, even supposing everything else went, the important things were still there. Unshakable. What a kingdom. What a king who promises to supply all you need, but who in verse 29 is compared to a fire not to be trifled with. You, my friend, if you are his, having received a kingdom that cannot be moved, seek grace to serve him acceptably with godly fear. But we only receive the kingdom if we receive the king. came to his own, his own received him not. All the way through the Old Testament, that was the case. But as many as received him, 
To them gave he grace to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. A prediction, a proclamation, a precaution. May God bless his word. Let us pray. Eternal Lord, we come to these solemn verses and find the fulfillment of an Old Testament prediction that there would be a shaking and a removing of many things. And we see it in our own lives as well in these uncertain times. We give thanks that there is a kingdom that cannot be moved. A king, a great high priest, a prophet, unshakable, above all of the noise and the dust of this world. And we praise thy name for that kingdom and for those who are in it. Give them grace that they may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, that they may walk in the Lord's way, glorify the Lord's name, proclaim the Lord's message, that others who are frightened and uncertain out there may discover in Christ an immovable kingdom that will stand when all else lies in ruins at the last. Bless thy word, thy day, thy people, thy cause. Cover our sin and receive us freely for Jesus' sake. Amen. 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 Psalm 46. This great psalm of shaking and of things that cannot be shaken. God is our refuge and our strength in straits a present aid. Therefore, although the earth remove, we will not be afraid. Though hills amidst the seas be cast, though waters roaring make and troubled be, yea, though the hills by swelling seas do shake. Down there in verse 5, it there's this reference to removing again. God in the midst of her doth dwell. Nothing, nothing <coughs> shall her remove. The Lord to her and help her will. And that right early proof. One through five, God is our refuge and our strength. <coughs> what is
on Thursday at half past seven will be taken by Mr. Tim Nixon and <clears throat> the service is next Sabbath at the usual times of 11 and 6.30 will be taken by the Reverend John Angus Gillis. All being well, it is hoped that those who are listed on the current cleaning rota would be prepared to continue for 2023. If you are unable or unwilling to continue or wish to add your name to the rota, if you please speak with Catherine Martin. We stand. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion and fellowship of God, the Holy Spirit, rest on and abide with you all, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Amen.